Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever works for you guys when you're listening to this. Welcome to episode number two of the Three Man's Own Podcast. Uh, my name is Ervin. We have our usual suspects today. Sal, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it going, boys? Doing all right? Doing all right. I'm excited. Yeah, long time no see. This is going to be a fun one. Nash, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm so excited to talk about free agency, man. I've been, I've been itching to get this one over with. Dude, this free agency has been absolutely insane. This whole year has just been crazy with everything honestly. happening with the lockdown and the bubble. Um, I honestly didn't know what to expect with free agency this year because we didn't even know when the season was supposed to start. So mm-hmm. we didn't know when free agency was going to start, when free agency was going to end, and when it did k- get kicked off. My God, this so much stuff has gone down. So I'm excited. There's so much stuff for us to cover this episode. So let's get right to it. What's some of the biggest um winners and losers that you guys had in this free agency what are some of the biggest pickups and what are some deals that just didn't make sense to you well i mean i feel like we should all just start off with uh whatever michael jordan was doing over in charlotte <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start with um, that let's get the bad news out of the yeah, way i, I, fuck yeah. With that. <laughs> I mean all right good news for gordon hayward i mean man got paid i don't know if it was deserved in any manner but he got paid for charlotte i see it as okay now you have like a number one scoring option. You know you're gonna be more, you'll be you'll do better in the standings. But I don't think it just makes sense for the the team itself. Like you have young guys, let them grow. Why do you need like a contract like Gordon Hayward on the books for four years, 120 mil? It's a lot of money. So I think no, I think Sal, even the last podcast you brought up the point of how a team that's not in playoff contention shouldn't tie up their money for something that's not a sure thing, because yeah. you're not letting your younger players develop, but at the same time you're tying someone down now who's kind of a win-now player, but he hasn't proven himself recently, so I really don't understand it. But So my, my, my biggest issue with this was, with this signing, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they even get close to making the playoffs. He's not that type of guy. But let's say, for whatever reason, Hornets do get good in like two years' time, and they want to add a superstar, they won't be able to add a superstar. So I, yeah. I don't think it's a terrible thing for right now. They're going to be bad. They're going to continue being bad. But I think this is one of those deals that's going to bite them maybe two years down the road. Kind of what happened to Washington when they gave Otto Porter that max max contract. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to get another star player to go with John Wall and Bradley Beal. And they, they kind of bet all their money on Otto Porter, and that was a down. Just the, That franchise just went downhill so quick. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I don't think it's terrible right now but it's something that could bite them in the ass move in in, in a couple years time it it's really risky man like the thing is like Gordon Haywood's 30 right he's coming off he just got injured again in the bubble right so he's not like really a healthy uh player to begin with and now it's like to commit four years to that it's like sure obviously when he was in Utah he was a great player but you know that I maybe I feel like Jordan's probably thinking okay he hasn't been the number one option. If you make him the number one option, he can be like that player that's worth 30 mil. But I feel like that's a lot to really risk considering the injury history and his age now too. So I don't know, man. <laughs> you know you know what I think? I feel like Jordan is such a winner. He, he like, Even when he's a player, like that's all he did. He, he was always in win now mentality. He's yeah. failing to see the long picture with this one. Mm-hmm. Even his signing with uh, Nicholas Batum back in the day, it's the same thing. You're yeah. spending money on someone who might marginally make your team better, but it's not going to take you anywhere. Be bad, bro. It's okay to lose for a bit, man. Fuck. <laughs> Jordan, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. you do this? You know, just be bad. Go down. Get some picks. Build, bro. Don't just sign players. Here's the thing. This 
I think Charlotte might not be done quite yet because mm-hmm. um, I know there's a whole bunch of rumors going around with the Houston Rockets, and there's still a lot of uncertainty with uh, Westbrook and James Harden. I ha- And right now, the biggest qu- question mark is Russell Westbrook. He doesn't seem to have too many suitors for him, and one of those teams that actually is showing a little bit of interest seems to be the Charlotte Hornets. Why, though? <laughs> I don't I it makes no sense. You have LaMelo, you have DeMonte Graham. <laughs> I, I think I think they just want, I think it's a maybe they get to sell some seats, sell some. Maybe. It's a Jordan connection because yeah. isn't Westbrook signed to Jordan? He man? is. He is. He is. Now I do what I want. Now you guys all uh, remember that commercial. Yeah, <laughs> no, just me. He's I just feel like that. Just feels like uh, that's I, Jordan. Just I think he just wants like the names. He just wants something attached to Charlotte that would make people want to watch their games. But like yeah. I feel like they have none that now with Lamelo, right? So it's like you don't need Westbrook. Westbrook. I don't know a great situation for Westbrook, to be honest. Unless I heard the rumor with uh, Washington, like a John Wall swap. But then again, I want to see John Wall and Bradley Beal back together and see what they can do. For sure. Washington's in a tough place too right now. But with the Hornets, I think that's the worst move the Hornets could make for their franchise as a whole, but also for Lamella Ball's uh, development as a rookie. Yeah, for sure. I think they stay far away. Let the Knicks make that mistake and and (laughs) just just keep losing for now. Let the Knicks do what the it Knicks could, do, you know? <laughs> no, but when's the last time Charlotte re- made the playoffs? I don't even remember, like, 20... A few a few years ago, I think. It wasn't too far. Like, they... I actually looked into this. The Charlotte Hornets have never been a really bottom feeder type of team. They've always been, like, the 8th, I mean, the ninth or 10th seed. So that's why, like, they always have these picks that aren't, like, top 5 picks. They always get, like, the 6th, 7th, whatever pick, like Malik Monk and shit. Um, but it's, like, they need to actually, like... Like just let their young guys develop. If they're shit, so be it. You know, you can get a really like a really really good pick, get another top three pick next year, just build like that. Um, but I don't know, bro. I feel like and that's a, a worst position to be in too. Yeah, that's a worst position yeah. to be in the league. This right? is you either I, make the playoffs or fucking yeah. completely tank. Like why would you be a meddling kind of team just trying to figure it out? I think that's terrible for them. That that's where I feel like the Pistons are. Like on a different mm. topic, I feel like Pistons are just in a weird situation. I was playing 2K21 the other day, and I saw the starting lineup, and I was like, "What the, what the hell is this shit, bro?" Well, well so let, let's let's talk about the Pistons, right? Like Pistons had a very active um, free agency as well. But How could they let like, Christian Wood go? <laughs> That's I, my so thing. I, I have yeah. a couple of. I, I I think some people are kind of confused if it was good or bad. I think they had a terrible free agency. So um, bad. They they let a key a bunch of key players go. They let Christian Wood walk away, who was kind of their only solid young player that they had on the road. He was their only light in the darkness, yeah. to be honest, yeah, in my opinion. They let Langston Galloway walk. They let Tony Snell, Luke Kennard. They let all these guys walk. Instead, they re- they signed Jeremy Grant. to like. A I think they overpaid contract. for him. Yeah, yeah they, they did they, overpay. They, uh, they see something maybe that the rest of us don't. I know he had a great playoff series against mm-hmm. the Lakers, and he did a good job going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis and stuff, but I think he's crazy overpaid. They, they got in centers like Mason Plumlee and Jaleel Okafor that just kind of don't really work, especially Okafor. It just doesn't work in the modern-day NBA. They don't stretch the floor at all. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm I just confused by all the moves they made. These are very lateral moves, but they're locking mm-hmm. up so much money. Um, I, they're definitely one of my losers. Probably the bo- bottom three for me for sure. I'm not yeah. sure. And I think, I think yeah. it, it puts Blake Griffin in such a weird position, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they're looking to trade him. They have to get him out of there. That's such a huge contract for a guy that's like... Coming off that injury and all that, and like he needs to but show he's still that he a can baller, play. Though I think I think a contender could really be like, listen, I think Blake Griffin can come in and make a difference. 
Yeah, like Blake Griffin, the year before he got injured, there was actually really good. Like that one year on yeah. the Pistons. Um, but yeah, like I think he made a All NBA team too as well. But uh, yeah, I think this season he needs to prove himself, and I feel like if he can, then maybe a contender, if they have cap space, would want to make a a move for him. But the Pistons, like, are like I look at their team and I'm like, I don't know, I I have no hope for this organization. Like, who do you have? De- they have no Sekou vision, boy. Yeah, it's like. They're just. I think they're just at this point just taking players who just want to come. Oh, Jeremy Grant, you want the money? Come over, man. Exactly. We help you know. That's never no the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what they're trying to. Because even who's their best shooter at this point? Kennard. I don't even know. Like who's, who's touching Kinnard? the floor? Kennard's gone. Yeah, he's you, gone. They traded so. him, right? Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> you Pistons, get your shit together, bro. Doing Casey's probably really upset and like, but he, he just wants like hard right? defenders. Yeah. D-Rose needs a ring, bro. On that D-Rose. note, though, I think I think Houston Rockets had a great offseason by picking up Christian Wood. That whole small mm-hmm. ball thing just does not work. And I think we've all realized that now. I mean, Daryl Morey has now moved on. I think he's at the... Is he in the Sixers now? Where is he? Sixers, yeah. Sixers, right? Sixers, yeah. yeah. So I don't know who the new GM is at the Houston Rockets, but he's coming in kind of overhaul the team. Mm-hmm. I love Robert Covington, but that was kind of his best trade asset. So he's kind of moved that away. They signed Christian Wood. They signed DeMarcus Cousins. They also signed Sterling Brown. For people who are hard into fantasy, they kind of remember Sterling Brown from last year. He had a pretty solid mm-hmm. season. Um, so they had a couple of good pickups. And But again, I think it's, it's too early to say or even kind of react to Houston Rockets free agency so far because of what's going to happen with Harden and Westbrook. That's exactly what I was about to say. I think the jury's still out on them. Tomorrow you'll get a Woj bomb. Harden goes to Philly, Westbrook goes to Charlotte, and Houston Rockets had the worst free agency of all. Like, it's <laughs> losing both of them in one... Free- it could happen. It could realistically happen. Like, and I think everything... Like, right. everything they're doing now is just damage control. Just yeah, get I mean, somebody, please. Yeah. I don't know where they're at mentally, both of them. Like, are they still, like... You know, like, hey, let's play together. Let's go for it. But it's hard to do that when, like, your uh, general manager just dips. Like, your whole thing was b- built on small ball, and now it's like it's gone, right? You have, yeah. like, cousins back in here. You got these bigger players, Christian Wood and shit. So it's like, you know, you your front office is something, like, you know, you kind of follow to see, okay, which direction do they want to go in? But now it seems like I don't know what the hell to expect from Houston this year. Um, and I'm, I'm sure both of them would welcome a trade if it, if there was a opportunity there, but... I just want to know if, like, if there isn't a trade on the table and they got to play together, are they going to, like, really go for it to, to win in Houston? Or is it like, hey, let's just fucking get our contract over with at this point? <laughs> no, do you guys want to see them leave Houston? What are your thoughts on that? I do. I do as well. I think, I yeah. think, I think they've run their course. Houston has tried all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Harden at point guard. They brought in Chris Paul. They brought in Westbrook. It's not working. And mm-hmm. if I'm Harden, I can see why you why you would want to stay as an ego thing. But I think he's ready to move on. I don't yeah. think Westbrook is it. I don't think you can win a title with Westbrook. Damn. I, think, I, just, I just don't think at this point in his career he's not going to make enough changes that's conducive to winning. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of relate him to a prime Carmelo Anthony. I think they're both fantastic players, just not guys I want on a championship team. They're just not. Mm-hmm. I just feel they do. they don't have that type of basketball. I think Harden to Nets, I still think it's going to happen, man. Really, eh? I, I, I really I hope not. Fuck that. I Bro, you want not. another big three? Really? No, I, hope not. I hope not. I hope not, man. But I'm just saying, I've never been wrong in my life about anything. So. Ooh. 
Hey, Sel. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. Brother, I smash. I brother, we have to talk after. <laughs> no, but I, 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 do, I really want to see Harden go to Philadelphia. Because they have Daryl Morey. They, like, trade Simmons. Get him beat. Like, you have him beat there. You have shooters now. It'll be so much fun to watch. The Eastern Conference is going to be so much more fun with Harden as a Philadelphia 76er. I think I saw a tweet somewhere that the Philadelphia can technically trade for Harden without even giving up Simmons. If there's a world where you can have Simmons, Harden, and Embiid, how? That's good. What's your trade package? I, I got I gotta look it up again, but there is a world where they can make that happen. And again, Philadelphia also did a great job of signing a bunch of shooters, which is exactly what they. And I don't yeah. know why it took Daryl Morey to come in to figure this out, but you have. The most imp- one of the most imposing big men in the league surround him with shooters, not mm-hmm. Tobias Harris and Al Horford. So they signed Josh Richardson. They signed. Um, they, they, no, they I, traded Josh Richardson. They traded oh, for sorry, Seth sorry, Curry. They, tra- they traded for Seth yeah, Curry. They Seth brought Curry. him Delon Wright, who's mm-hmm. I think a great backup point guard, especially now that um, Respect, the coach yeah. has confirmed Ben Simmons is going to be playing the power forward position. They're going to be playing a true point guard beside him. I think. Delon Wright's kind of the perfect point guard where he doesn't need the ball too much. He's going to mm-hmm. get some open shots, play really good defense, and it, I think they made some decent signings, but they're still one piece away from truly contending. Mm-hmm. No, I totally That's agree. Fair. But now, go, going back to the losers thing, I think the Clippers are big losers this offseason. I don't know what really? you guys feel about that. Yeah, man. Um, I think so. I think, that I think so. I think that Ibaka is, the, is a massive signing. It's look. I understand all that, but the fact that you lost Montrez Harrell to the Lakers, and now there's talk about Lou Williams being on the trading block. Your biggest strength was okay. You got two elite wing players, and your bench is stacked, and you lose Montrez Harrell and Lou Will. Like I think, I was reading some report. They said that they want to make sure all the chemistry issues are sorted, and that's why they're trying to look to trade Lou Will. Mm-hmm. I think they're coddling Paul George and Kawhi way too much. Like figure it out, bro. You got two bench players. You got to play with them. You got to make it work. And if if they lose Lou Will as well. Not a good offseason for them. Okay, in my so opinion. if if they do lose Lou Will, I'll come back to you on that. But as it stands right now, based on every advanced metric, Montrezl Harrell is what did not help that team at all. They were they were they were a net positive team. They were plus three hundred in the playoffs with him off the court and minus five hundred with him off the court. Mm-hmm. He was not a he's not a player that fits that team. They don't need a guy to score. They need a guy to run the pick and roll with which Montrezl Harrell cannot do, and they need a guy to protect the rim that Montrezl Harrell cannot do. That's exactly what Ibaka can do for them. That's a that's a proper modern-day center that can play 30 minutes for a contending team. Montrezl Harrell, again, he, he didn't fit for the Clippers, but he does fit for the Lakers because he's not going to end games for them. The problem with the Clippers was that Montrezl Harrell was ending games, and that's not... He should not be in a court in the last four minutes of any basketball game. And he won't be in the Lakers. So that's why it's a mm-hmm. better situation for both teams. Ibaka is just a far superior upgrade. He's not going to score 20 points a game, but they don't need 20 points a game from him. They need a block, two blocks, good rebounding, and good screening. So I think it's a big upgrade. And then Luke Kennard also offers a bit more shooting. He, he ended up in Clippers, so I think that's a good Landry Shamet kind of replacement. He can fill that void. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know, for me, like, the optics just doesn't look... Something's really off with that franchise at the moment. There's so much Patrick, change. you got a new head any, coach. Any team with Patrick Beverly is a team that needs something worked on, bro. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I hate the Clippers so much. And I love Leonard more than anything. But I, I choose to hate Leonard now because he's on the Clippers. Because I hate yeah. that organization so much. Um, but, like, yeah, like, Montrezl Harrell was 
he was a sixth man of the year, right? If I'm not mistaken. He was. He was. Yeah, he so was. it's so it's like even though he was sixth man of the year, like what kind of contract did he get from the Lakers, right? It wasn't a crazy amount of money, right? So you can tell that he has he de- he definitely doesn't have enough value as much as his like his awards may seem like, you know, he is sixth man of the year, blah blah blah, right? Uh I think teams do realize, like someone said, like he's uh he's a net negative on the court and shit like that. He definitely brings hustle and stuff, and that works in spurts. But like, other than that, he's not a guy like Solomon mentioned once again. Like, you keep on at the end of the end of the end of the game. And Lakers, man, honestly, the Lakers had a great offseason. Honestly, yeah, like, they were. They big, won the championship, and now they have Dennis Schroeder. Uh, we're talking about Montrezl Harrell. Who else did they get? They got West Marcus Hall. Marcus Hall. Yeah, I think Wesley like, Matthews Lakers, is the biggest pickup too. Wesley Matthews. You, you now don't need to play Danny Green. Wesley Matthews mm-hmm. feels so much better than Danny Green was last year, and that's such a big upgrade. Um, uh, that like is... the fact that they got Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell is almost insane. They were like, like two, shout out like, to Rob Palinka, bro. He came under so much pressure initially, but man's pulled through for sure. Yeah, I think Dennis Schroeder should have won Six Man of the Year personally. So to get that guy, the runner-up, and the actual Six Man of the Year. Pretty insane. We talk about like having Clippers having the good bench and that was their strong suit. I think Lakers got the best bench in the league now. Yeah, 100%. I do. With with Schroeder and Harrell coming off the bench, and and I, most likely KCP coming off the bench too with Wesley Matthews. Like between those three guys and Kuzma, that's mm-hmm. a stacked bench. The biggest problem with the Lakers was their. Funny enough, their scoring was their biggest issue especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Their defense was always phenomenal when you're anchored by Anthony Davis. That was never a problem. They struggled mm-hmm. to score when LeBron was off the court. That is not an issue anymore. Montrezl yeah. fits this team perfectly. Dennis Schroeder fits this team perfectly. These are I'm so annoyed that this they they've had this offseason. And as much as Marcus is not even the player that he was during our championship run, he's a solid center veteran champion. He knows how to. He, he's a quarterback from that center position. It's gonna really help yeah. them, man. The ball's gonna move more. Oh yeah, the playmaking I, it's, it's, on that team. The playmaking on that team is ridiculous at this point. Yeah. I yeah, it, it pisses me off that they've done this well. But shout out to Lakers. It's fuck so you guys, annoying. but fuck. I know yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Like I honestly feel like if uh, if there's no other changes, like if uh, Harden doesn't go to the Nets or anything, I feel like the Lakers might repeat. I think that's where this is heading. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't want to discount the Nets regardless. I'm gonna come. I I'm really nervous but excited to see how Kevin Durant's gonna play coming off all these injuries. We saw Kyrie last year when he was healthy, and he yeah. was going insane. He was going crazy. He was going crazy. Like twenty nine, thirty plus. For the, I, I know he only played twenty plus games, but he was going absolutely insane. And if Kevin Durant can just, if he can come back at seventy five percent. In my opinion, he's still like the fourth best basketball player in the world. There's oh still, yeah, even at seventy five percent, there's very few people that are better than him in the playoff game. So I don't want to count out the Nets just yet, but obviously the biggest kind of title race was supposed to be the Lakers and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. The Bucks had a very interesting free agency. Um, it started off well, and again, yep. this is one of those where I don't know if it's good or bad because. I guess they got Drew Holiday, but they gave up a lot mm-hmm. to get Drew Holiday. Um, looking at their additions, they got Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine, which is, again, a great backup point. Great that's pickup. A, that, that's a great pickup. But they, in the process, they lost Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. They also lost Wesley Matthews. 
They also lost Robin Lopez. They lost Ilya Sova, and they lost Sterling Brown as well, who actually played a good amount of playoff minutes. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot of key rotation players. And, you know, if, if, if Brook Lopez or Giannis or even Drew even have one injury, they have mm-hmm. nothing to fall back on. Last year they mm-hmm. had, you know, George Hill had some injuries, Eric Bledsoe had some injuries, but they have enough depth to kind of keep up. They don't have that depth anymore. They, I think they were kind of banking on that whole Bogdanovich yeah. sign and trade. That thing. sucks for them, man. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't know it's what really happened with that. I don't know why that got called out. Someone was saying that there was tampering involved. Yeah. Yeah. Something. It sounds like it because I think what happened was the news leaked before it was official, like the official free agency date started or yeah. something like that, right? So I'm guessing they tried to initiate talks with him. And the Kings and the Bucks agreed to something, but then Bogdanovich was like, "Yo, bruh, I want to test my value, man. I ain't going to Milwaukee, you know." Yeah. And then he decided to go to Atlanta, who I think is another gr- big winner in the free like Atlanta. Oh, of course, oh, they're set up so Atlanta well now. Is my yeah. biggest W for this whole free agency. I am. So, yeah. I've always loved. Like I, 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 I watched Trey a lot of Trey Young in college, so I've always enjoyed watching him play, but. I worried that it was a bad situation for him to be in. I thought his stats were a bit... It was a bit of a catfish because they just let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. So now we're yeah. really going to see what Trey Young is all about. But I am so excited to see this team next year, man. Looking at all the additions they had, I think Bogdanovich... Bro, their starting five is a playoff team in the East. Easily. I think easily, they easily. The playoffs. Yeah. I think, I yeah, they're making the playoffs. I think they're making it over Orlando. I think they take Orlando's spot. I, I think, I mean, we talked about it in last week's episode as well, but they had a great draft pick in Onyeka Okongwu, who's a great mm-hmm. backup big for that team. Just fits in perfectly in that three-man big rotation now with Capella and John Collins. And they picked up Rondo as a backup point guard. I mean, what what better player for, mm-hmm. um, what, what better player to learn from than Rondo? Multi-champion, yeah. all-star. So I think that's a great backup point guard to have. And the depth at wing is insane. Insane, yeah. They got Gallinari and Bogdanovich, of course. They also got Tony Snell as a shooter. But then they have those host of young guys in Kevin Huerter. They have Cam Reddish. Cam they Reddish. DeAndre Hunter. This team. They got Chris Dunn as well. So you have a guy they that can Chris play Dunn the defense. Point yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Trey Young obviously can't play any D at all. So. No <laughs> and now you got like, one Yo, of the listen, better man. defensive point guards. Yeah. Bro, if Trey Young keeps playing the way he does, I don't care if he doesn't record a steal for the entire season, bro. You do you, boo. You do you, boo boo. Hey, if you got 30 10, do what you got to do, fam. That's why you got Rondo and Chris Dunn for you. Just go out there, shoot threes, live your life. He just needs to be like, just average a D. If he can do that, then they're good. Mm -hmm. But no, I think I have high hopes for that team. Like, I really want them to just come in, you know, guns blazing and just. Take everyone by surprise. It'd be so much That'd fun, be a fun to watch. It'd be a fun team to root for, for sure. Yeah, this, oh, is, 100%. My, this is must-see TV for next year. I'm going to be tuning into a lot of Atlanta Hawks games. And Atlanta Hawks, you know, they, they've always been relevant in the Eastern Conference. No one took them seriously. So I, yeah. they're headed in the right direction. They, they did their rebuild really well after that mm-hmm. whole 60-win team fell off. So I'm excited to see where these guys go. Because, yeah, now they have a star. Like, Trey Young's a star. Like, don't get that. John Collins is though. really good, too, yeah. John Collins is great. John Collins is great as well. Yeah. Uh, J- John Collins has some issues, though, and I say that as painfully as a former fantasy owner last year. Uh, <laughs> he, he's had issues, obviously, with his PED use. He's, he's had issues with his temper, and he's not supposed to be the best locker room presence. And th- th- he, he seems to have a lot of off-court issues. There is no problems with his on-court productivity. The dude is 
perennial 2010, looks like he's going to mm-hmm. be an all-star. Um, can shoot the ball, super athletic, like just the, just mm-hmm. a perfect modern-day power forward. But I just hope his out-of-court issues don't interfere. Because I'm He's so young, man. I feel like g- – give him a few years. Like I saw uh, – last year I went to a game. It was a Hawks game. And I saw John Collins live pretty close. And I'm like, dude, this guy is so good. He's so yeah. – like athletically – He's so he was so in shape and he's just making everything and he's just, there's so much hustle to him too, right? It's like if Montrez Harrell could shoot and you know was a little bit bigger. That's what like I see John Collins as, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's perfect, bro. Like it works so well with Trey Young, and uh, is no, I was gonna say I was gonna ask if Carter is still on that team. <laughs> if I just remember he retired, no, um, yeah, no. but now they actually they have like you know he's gone now. They still have Rondo coming in, right? So they still have that like veteran leadership. Uh, yeah, at the very minimum, I see them going to the playoffs for sure. Maybe they could even win a round. And and, and another thing that they got Gallinari, you know, yeah. which yeah. he's a veteran and he came off, you know, like one of his best seasons last year, if not mm-hmm. his best, I don't know. But yeah, one of them. So it's going to be, yeah, he's got some veterans around him. And now John Collins has a reason to actually not put away those off-court issues. Because if you're yeah. one of the worst teams in the East, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to be in that mentality. So I think that will all take care of itself. And I really like their coach too. I think he's he's kind of that perfect young coach to lead them. So I'm 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 very high on the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're gonna be soaring. Kaka! Kaka! <laughs> I, I think I think the contracts make a lot of sense too, because they only give Gallinari, I think, a two year deal. Yeah. And and Bogdanovich is worth that four year deal. I think that dude is legit. There, there's mm-hmm. a potential he could even sneak into an all star game in the Eastern Conference. And two year deal to Gallinari, I think that's perfect. He comes in, you he helps you win now. And then by the time he's off the books, you can you hope one of these other younger guys kind of really flourish, and you can give them a long term contract once the once the mm-hmm. books open up a little. So I think it's just everything the Atlanta Hawks organization doing right now just makes a lot of sense, and they're what just th- my team to watch this year. What do you think their uh, starting lineup looks like going into the season? Um, I think it's going to be Trey Young, Bogdanovich. Um, I think you probably start DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, they were saying Gallinari off the bench. Gallinari off the bench. It just it just it just makes a lot more sense. I think he plays that backup power forward spot to John Collins. Yeah. Um, John Collins and Capella, and then obviously off the bench you got Gallinari, you got Onyeka Kongwu, and Rondo. Kevin Horter, Rondo, you're done. Um, and Chris Dunn. And also, that's just, that's, and, and, I like and that. Can, you throw in Cam Reddish if you want more size in there and shooting. Yeah. So they have options. Um, it's a big team as well. They actually have a mm-hmm. legit power forward and a center pairing, which not many people do now. Yeah. Um, that's 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 my team to watch. No, I'm excited for that team. My favorite. No, an- team another to- another team that I thought really did well in the offseason were the Blazers. Who did the I think getting get? at the Blazers got Covington. They got Cantor back. They signed Rodney Hood oh, yeah. again. Covington, so they yeah. kind of got pieces from that team that went to the Western Conference Finals. But I think adding Covington is massive for them. That that small forward position was what was bogging them down the whole time, and now Nurkic is coming back fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Dame's gonna be Dame. CJ's there. I think they're a much well-rounded team, and this is if you look at it overall, this is probably the most, this is the deepest team that Dame's had, I think. I think so. Covington, Covington signing is like I, I mean, people who know me know I absolutely love Robert Covington. I think he's like the mm-hmm. perfect starting role player in the NBA today, in the modern yeah. NBA. He's an elite defender. He's a great perimeter defender. Can also protect the rim. 
and he's an elite three-point shooter. Like it's he's just the perfect player. I think I think teams like Clippers and Lakers would just give up anything they can to yeah. get a guy like that on the team. So he just fits in so perfectly with that Blazers team, and um, getting and replacing Trevor Ariza that's such a massive upgrade. Mm-hmm. Also, I think getting rid of Hassan Whiteside is probably a good thing for them too, because that dude was yeah. Yeah, honestly, I feel really bad for uh, Trevor Ariza. Like I was actually looking this up. Since 2018, this man has been on six teams. <laughs> well, okay, like, this guy on, gets shipped around like. No, no. Before you feel <laughs> too bad. This guy. Like that, have have no, you no. seen the contracts this man has been paid? In the I do. Sal was gonna pull that up. Nash, you, no, <laughs> Sal, you gotta care about his feelings, Sal. I don't give a shit about feelings if you're making twenty. Like his million his family, bro. His family's probably like dad. Like, why do they keep moving? Dad, us? come home. Hey, I'll fly yeah. around too if I'm flying in a private jet. <laughs> that's what you sorry, get sorry, you gotta move schools dollars. again. But yo, oh, six no, teams man. in two years? What? That's insane. That's crazy. There's probably guys with worse track records than that. Like Danny Green got traded like twice in two seconds, literally. You gonna OKC yeah. now, bro? Come to Philly? He's like, oh fuck. But right. I, I feel like this has happened to Trevor Ariza like in the past like two years. Like in the off season, he's been moved to like two different teams. Yeah. Like it's insane. Bro, he gets it's... paid more in millions than he scores points per game. I don't care. That's <laughs> I don't feel insane. bad for him. That's he's probably wiping his tears with his checks. My man <laughs> averaged eight points per game last year and got paid twelve point nine. That's funny. Miss me with the field. Finesse, bro. Finesse. <laughs> so this is an upgrade in every sense of the word for the Portland Trail Blazers. No, so yeah, I think overall the Blazers look good. And and I know not everyone's a big Ennis Cantor fan, but he played his best basketball in Portland in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he had, like, he fit that team. And he had some big, big moments in the playoffs. So I think getting him back, and I'm sure Dame and CJ and stuff, they all, they all fuck with him. So I think I was, I was surprised it's, it's he a left good in move the first place. Yeah. Uh, and look, it's, it's a backup position. He's a backup center. As a backup center, he's perfectly serviceable. Uh, again, you're hoping Nurkic can stay healthy, and I hope he can, because we saw how good Nurkic was when he was healthy, right? We, we saw a glimpse of that, unfortunately, before he got hurt mm-hmm. and they also signed harry giles which i know a lot yes of wanted. oh i really wanted him yeah we really wanted him and i think harry giles if, if he turns out i mean he's there's still a lot of growth there he's just battled injuries if he can get consistent playing time i think he's going to be a fantastic player but those are some really solid signs again they're going in the right direction where they don't have to rely on lillard to do everything now so it's i don't know i never liked the blazers i still can't take them seriously but really eh? jeez I just what? I think I think when you're in the playoffs and I'm a team, I look at them and I'm like, Let, give give them to me. Really? I, I I do get that. I do get that because at the end of the day, their two best players are undersized guards. He he hit one game winner against OKC, and people forget that Portland has been choking away home court year after year after year. They always used to finish top four, and they always used to get upset. No, but Are, they, like, they got to the they got to the Western Conference Finals. That was a long time. Two years ago. ago. Two but years ago. We, but then we forget that as a third seed, they got swept by the Pelicans. It, I, that's completely, like, I completely understand that, that's but I feel like... very recent, and I, I just, I don't know. I, like, for I don't a team know, that's led by, like, like it, it, it always seemed like me to be, like, the, uh, like, back when we had Lowry DeRozan, it was, like, that same kind of copy in the West. Like, you'd have two guards, yes. right? And you'd be missing a piece, right? And I feel like... We got lucky. We got Kawhi, and they they've always needed that one guy. They're right? in the exact same situation. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just gonna keep getting eliminated as second, third round. And 
like Lillard, Lillard said, like he's okay with it. He just wants to stay on the team. He wants to be competitive. And I feel like, yo, like, he's the type of player that could just go off for a playoff series and just all of a sudden they, they win the series. Like he'll average like 50 or something like that. Ridiculous. <laughs> so they're an exciting team to watch. But I don't, I don't see them as like championship contenders or anything. No, 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 no especially not in the West. I don't see yeah. it. But I, I do think they do deserve their props in terms of, yeah, they have they have let a few series go, but they have kind of held their own too because at the, nobody expected them to make the Western Conference Finals that year, right? Yeah. And we give Houston so much props. Oh, you were one game away from beating Golden State. That's the only good thing that they've done. Ever since then, it's been a shit show over there. But people yeah. keep giving them another chance after chance. So I think use that same mentality for the Blazers. I hope I hope they do well, but yeah, obviously yeah. with the Lakers, Clippers, the West is stacked too, so mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to... Yeah, East is starting to get stacked too. Like the whole league just seems like they're getting better. Everyone like there's hard to find any like shitty teams except for the Pistons. Uh, but um, <laughs> but like yeah, man. Even the Raptors. Like I would give the Raptors an L for the for this coming season, right? Like you lose two of your big guys. Um, obviously you're planning for a 2021 free agency, but you know I don't see them. I really don't see them as a top four seed in the East. Maybe fifth or sixth seed. What no. do you guys think? No, I I agree. I I, I personally have them coming in as like a six seed i think look don't be surprised if the atlanta hawks finish over them right <laughs> the way i wouldn't be crazy at the healthy nets are better the bucks are better the sixers are better everyone's getting better and unfortunately raptors are one of the few teams that didn't but you could hope on that like hey van Vliet gets better og takes a step siakam goes back to the way he played in the regular season last year like before the bubble then i can maybe see okay and if lowry doesn't regress you could sneak into the top four but I think our ceiling is like, maybe like second round, but maybe conference finals if everything goes right. Ooh. I I I, I kind of I'm gonna disagree on that. I, I think it's the opposite. I think they might actually get a second or third seed because they're built like a regular season team. I think that's a team uh, yeah. that's that's built to overperform in the regular season because guys like Siakam play really well in the regular season and then the playoff it's just not the same game anymore so i wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they went 50 games and finished as like a third seed above a team like the nets yeah above a team like the philadelphia 76ers i i, I just i think if like they come up against any of those teams in the playoffs it's very tough for them yeah my thing is like yeah sure like i i get the criticism of siakam like he definitely didn't show up last year but i feel like uh that had a lot to do with just him not practicing, and he admitted to that, right? So I feel like give him the right opportunity. Like he he made some clutch buckets in the NBA Finals, Game Six. Like we don't yeah. win without that shot. So I feel like he has that capability. He just needs to have the confidence to know that hey, you're gonna have to be the guy now, especially for next year, right? If we get Giannis or something happens in 2021, great. But for this upcoming season, uh, I would love for him to really like step forward and just have be confident, and be like, hey, I got to be the number one guy. Uh, you know, Van Vliet can be number two. And, you know, I really want to see OG develop, though. I feel like he has ability to expand his offensive game. Like, oh, I boy. noticed him in the in the bubble. I saw him, like, uh, do some stuff I've never seen him. So, and he's still relatively young. So See, I think I think next season we should just be focused as fans on development. In yeah. terms of winning, getting the playoffs, it shouldn't matter. And I think as much as we didn't improve as a lot of other teams in the NBA did, we made all yeah. the right calls, in my opinion. We signed Fred Van Vliet, which is priority number one. But yeah. our main goal is to have cap space for that loaded free agency class. That's how mm-hmm. we're looking into it. There's a plan yeah. here, right? Yeah. Let's develop our players. We get our point guard for the future because he's a part of the program. We replaced Marc Gasol and Ibaka with 
Baines and some of the bigs that we got. We got DeAndre Bembry, Bembry to fill out some of yeah. the wing slots. I feel like this is exactly what we're supposed to do, and Masai did it. It's This mm-hmm. is probably one of the worst teams we've seen like in the last few years, but this yeah. is what we need to do to make sure there's a potential of getting a title years from now. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a, it's a calculated, thoughtful move. Yeah. It's, but I mean, it's, yeah, go ahead. It's, it, we need to, I think that's exactly it. It's temper our expectations. If we go in pretending like we still have Kawhi Leonard on our team and we still want to win a championship, we're going to be left disappointed. But yeah. if, if if OG takes a step up, can average about, I don't know, 15, 16 points a game, if Fred Van Vliet can keep continuing to get better and if Kyle Lowry just stays at the level where he is, mm-hmm. just make it a attractive destination for free agents. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm thinking about it, like going into this year. Like you want to be competitive enough so that a guy like Giannis can be like, hey, if I come over here, I can take us to that place where Kawhi took us, you know? Yeah. And people are sleeping on Norm. He had a great end to the season. Oh, yeah. Before Norm he got injured. Sick. Yeah. He was killing it. He was like making buckets. He was, he was, yeah. everything came easy to him. So if mm-hmm. he takes another step forward, I think if, we're, like you said, a free agent will look at our team and be like, hmm, they've yeah. won a championship. They know how to win and yeah. they've gotten better. So this is definitely something I want to be a part of. My only thing with Norm was like, if you look at the stats too, like he plays so much better when he's in the starting lineup. And that's for me, I was like, okay, if you're not going to sign Ibaka and Gasol, and if you're going to go into this season with like, okay, we're ready for 2021, I would have rather, honestly, not sign Van Vliet and put Powell in the starting lineup because he would have more size at the shooting guard position. And he just performs, like if you look at the stats-wise, average, he averages more points than uh, Van Vliet does in the starting lineup. So... Um, I feel like uh, off the bench, off the bench, he's not the same. But for trade purposes, like if we want to sign somebody, we might need to trade him before the end of the year. And there have been rumors about that as well. It's got to be him. He is the odd man yeah. out because his stats look appealing mm-hmm. on paper. So he does has he does have some trade value there as well. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this team kind of changes. I think there's there might be a couple more moves coming. But I think mm-hmm. in terms of free agent signings, we know the team that we're going into the season with. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if you guys kept up with the pickups. Like, we picked up Henry Ellenson mm-hmm. from 905. I think he's going to be somebody to watch out for. He had a terrible season in Detroit, and he got bounced around. But he was he was doing really well for us in the G League. And he's a, he's a guy who can stretch the floor. So, I don't know. I'm, trust, I'm trusting Masai because he has not let us down yet. I'm going to trust you gotta give him. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, honestly. You have to. You yeah, have to. I think he knows what he's doing, and um, I'm 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 excited to see Malachi Flynn. I'm excited to see Jalen Harris. I'm oh, excited yeah. to see all these guys play, and I think yeah. they're really going to develop. Um, I think, but we let Dewan Hernandez go, which I'm kind of happy. I like, but I think he was. I don't, I don't think like, he was an NBA player, anyways. I like. I feel like he's really raw, but like we don't we don't have the like the space, I guess, to keep him on the roster and like have him develop. And plus, he was injured too, so I understand it. Uh, I'm just curious about Terrence Davis, whether they're gonna guarantee his contract because he has had an interesting offseason <laughs> um oh but he's he's really talented man like i feel like if he can like get his head straight and just keep developing he can be like a really really good uh, guard for us i i think they they gotta keep him they have to keep him it's been yeah. surprisingly quiet on the news front regarding terrence davis but I think yeah they gotta keep him you let norm walk and you hope terrence davis can take exactly over that exactly and, and norm's gonna leave out um but again, let's let's see. I know he's going through his whole legal stuff right now, so it's gonna mm-hmm. be, it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah. See, like my thing is from a basketball perspective, like if you can't keep Terrence Davis, you should. But if that lawsuit turns out 
true, I think we should let him go, bro. Yeah, there's no way he's bad on the organization. Like no, no, you, yeah. that's not a, that's not a person you want to be paying. That, that's not a team. That, as as fans, we wouldn't want to give our money to a team and know that that's who they're paying millions of dollars mm-hmm. to. You know, like I mm-hmm. I can't support that. Mm-hmm. No matter how good of a player he is, I, there's no way I can support that. Exactly. Yeah. Like the Raptors have curated this. Not cu- I wouldn't say curated. It's actually earned this brand yeah. image of what a franchise should be now. Yeah. Right. They're almost like the Spurs of the East, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They, we find players out of nowhere, championship DNA, and we have to set that culture. That culture is important. So if if something like that happens, TD man, like you mm-hmm. had a great season with us, but bro, bye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the yeah. same time, I can see the Raptors maybe like going into the season, seeing how he plays, and if he's playing really well, like, man, honestly, just trade him. If you feel like you still have some mm-hmm. uncertainty with what, like, where his mind's gonna be, if he's gonna maybe do this again in the future, trade him mm-hmm. at his like peak value and get something back so that you can set yourself up nicely uh, for next year. Even if you trade him for like a a pick or something, I don't care, right? It'd be nice to get more young guys if we're gonna go get somebody in free agency while we're contending again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a question mark for me right now. Yeah, let's know. let's 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 talk about the Raptors in more detail though, and, and what's gone on in this free agency because they because they have been very active. And I know Nash, you, you, I, I think you haven't been encouraged with the moves they've made. But overall, I think Raptors, like I still think it's a positive free agency for them because the main thing was the re-signing of Fred VanVleet. Like I know they didn't. We've let some players go, and the signings we made haven't been a big name. But mm-hmm. the re-signing of Fred VanVleet, I think that's very notable. Had we let him walk away, that would have been a big loss to the franchise. And especially getting him with the contract we had, um, he could have potentially made more money elsewhere. Knowing that other teams had max max money to offer him, mm-hmm. um, the fact that we got him for the deal we got him for, I think that's a very encouraging sign. It shows that he wants to be here. It shows that he wants to keep getting better here. That alone wants to give, like, it, it's encouraging signs for me. And, again, there's nothing we can do about Ibaka and Mark Gasol leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, we expected one of them to, well, Mark Gasol we knew was gone anyways. We thought we'd be yeah. retired, to be honest, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we wanted to certainly start playing basketball again. Um, Ring chasing now. <laughs> I, I wish we could have kept Ibaka, but I understand the move. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Um, and then let's look at the additions in more Trader. detail, right? Aaron Baines is probably the biggest one. Yeah, it's nice. We got the goat. We got the goat. So exactly, I love this ending. We have the most physically imposing center. <laughs> yeah. In the league, um, and he can stretch the floor. This guy can really shoot. He really had a breakout. He's like a Viking. Phoenix last year with yeah. uh, DeAndre Ayton's suspension at the start of the yeah. season. He really mm. had a breakout season. He shows that he can be a viable starting center. He can stretch the floor. He's a decent shot blocker. Very good rebounder for his size. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a great signing. He kind of fills the void that Ibaka was doing in that they're both not, they're both a little undersized for the center spot. They're both good shot blockers, and it's 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 a good it's it's a good option to have to stretch the floor as well. So I think that's a great signing. I don't know about Alex Len though. Yeah, uh, that one confused me. I would like. I, I hope the Raptors at least made an effort to go after Harry Giles or Harry Giles. Because, um, like, I really, like, Alex Len just feels like a waste of minutes. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> kept, I'd rather played DeWan and just might have seen what he could have done rather than Alex Len, in my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. And I think I think they should, if anything, they should just let Chris, be Chris Boucher, man. Free him. Oh, yeah. Give Boucher, him some honestly, 
I'm really excited to see him play because he yeah. might be uh, the skinniest guy in the world, but like, dude, he p- plays with passion and heart and hustles. And this guy is not afraid to take the three, which I'd love. Like, if you're gonna go into a year where okay, we're we're kind of like playing through it and just trying to get to the next year and get to free agency, just have this guy give him the green light. Let's see if he can, if he shoots a couple threes a game. Let's see if he can keep up a, like a decent percentage. And then do you have this perfect like big man that can play? for when Giannis or whatever comes, he can come off the bench and do his thing, right? That's my only question mark with him. Can he, like, if you put him into a, a lineup and give him 20, 25 minutes every game, can he consistently produce? Because there's been times where he's balled out against the Lakers and all that. Remember when he blocked Giannis last year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he has his capabilities, right? So it's like, I'm excited to see him uh, give more in, give him a more prominent role. Because no, even, I remember the game versus the Lakers, he had a big game. Mm-hmm. The one we won on the road at Staples. That was a fun. That was the most fun like I've ever like watched a game. Terrence Davis like showed out too during that game. Yeah, it yeah. was nice, man. I think the biggest thing with the Alex Len signing to me, it showed. I think I think that's confirmation that Chris Boucher is gonna be that backup big, the first yeah. big off the bench. It's gotta be. There's no way you play Alex Len over Chris Boucher. Hell no. And the contract he got too, right? Yeah. What's so, the the term? The MLA. two years. Two years. 14 mil Six, or something? 14 mil, yeah. Which is great for him, man. Shout out to yeah, Montreal. Man. Shout out to him. You know? Yeah, man, he was homeless. Bonjour. Like, not too long Bonjour. ago. <laughs> yeah, Jack like, there's no way can't wait. signed. I think Alex Len was just like a like an injury reserve kind of big man. I think they're moving forward with like a the primary big man rotation is going to be Siakam, uh, Boucher, and... Aaron Baines with like OG yeah. playing a little bit at the four as well. I think Alexon's gonna have a place in the rotation for sure, but Boucher looks like he's gonna be the first man off the bench, as it should be. Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah, and I, I'm sure there's gonna be some players coming up from the 905 that are really gonna surprise us. So, like, I think we might be in good hands. Who was the guy? Paul last Watson. Time? Paul, Paul Watson. Watson. Paul yeah. Watson. Dude, he in needs the bubble, more minutes, bro. In the bubble, that one game he played. Like sure, it was just like whenever, like whatever random game, but like his his like stroke looks so smooth. Like yeah. his shot looked nice. He has a good. He's big. He has a good frame. Like I'm excited. I feel like um, I read somewhere he was working with uh, Rico Hines. I think same guy that Siakam worked with. Got it. And you know he's been like grinding to try to like make the rotation and stuff. And I feel like he could possibly like be like one of the first guys coming off the bench by the end of the year if he if he continues to develop the way I kind of want him to but also the way i kind of see him being especially with um if terrence davis is not going to play for us it's a big opportunity for him mm-hmm. to just come in and play i think the game we're talking about was versus the nuggets or the sixers yeah it might have been the sure. sixers the stanley johnson game i think like the last game of the seat pretty much right like the la- every, all the bench I think, the benches I, were yeah, hyped. yeah i think it was i think it was the nuggets man it might have been the nuggets game i think it's the nuggets game but yeah, yeah, he 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 has a smooth stroke, bro. Like he yeah. was he was he was getting it on. So he had like five six yeah. threes, and then we also have Matt Thomas still, which I'm excited to see if he can like, you know, work within the offense more, get his shots more often, like a JJ Reddick kind of style. Yeah. Um, like we have guys like we have guys that can shoot. It's just about this is is a perfect year, like you mentioned, for growth. You know, let's see what we have with these players. Are they what they are right now, or do they have potential to be more? And if they can be more, then you have a great setup for, you know, potential free agents next year. No, yeah. I, before, like, I, I just want to touch on what do you guys think about Boston? What do you think their situation is, their moves? I, I just want to get, a, I just want to get a feel for that. 
Uh, Boston, I mean, they lost Gordon Hayward, right? So it's like they're not as deep. Um, but I feel like you like Tatum's just gonna keep on getting better. Like I can see him getting to like the top ten players in the league. So um, I feel like they'll still be solid. But I feel like in the East, you're really looking at like if Durant's healthy. Like that's the team that's gonna come out of the East, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they they made additions with Tristan Thompson and stuff. Like I understand that, but yeah. I don't know. I think they did take a step back. Didn't they lose Wanamaker as well? They, they lost Wanamaker. Sure. So they, yeah, they did lose Wanamaker. Not that he was particularly great. They signed Jeff Teague, who's I think he's perfectly fine mm-hmm. as a backup point guard. He's he's a Wanamaker replacement. I I maybe considered that an upgrade, maybe a lateral move. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think losing Enos Cantor hurt. He had some mm-hmm. moments in the playoffs mm-hmm. where he kind of came off the bench and gave them a big scoring punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan Thompson is just a different kind of player. Um, they, they have no big men right now. They really don't have any solid big men. So I, 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 I'm they re-signed Taco Fall. <laughs> uh, he's Taco Tuesday. He's a, he's he's a big so man. Argue that, but. Sorry, Salman. Sorry. Let's let's go back to the Raptors. What do you think of their like depth chart overall? I think guard positions were stacked. Yeah, I just like my my thing was like I just wanted more big men, right? And Mm -hmm. I felt like we waited so long. Like maybe maybe Raptors had an agreement with Ibaka, and then Ibaka switched changes to mine at last second. So we couldn't, you know, go after. I really wanted either uh, Giles or even Cousins, somebody like a reclamation project where he can come back to maybe what he used to be, and then potentially trade him for some value to a contender, right? I would have loved that, uh, but I don't know. Like, how do you how do you think they line up? Do Do you start Fred VanVleet? I mean, you gotta right? Or, or you have, you have to. to yeah, he's he's starting for sure. Uh, he's starting for sure. So, so that's your starting lineup. You have Lowry, VanVleet, OG, Siakam. And then obviously Aaron Baines is Aaron, definitely the starter. It's gotta be yeah. Baines, yeah. And then off the bench, first people off the bench: Powell, Boucher. Who's the backup um, Flynn, okay. I guess. Yeah. Ooh, that makes me nervous. <laughs> but yo, I feel like from what I've read and from the interviews I've seen, they're really confident that he can be he can be in that backup role right away. Like he has good ball ball handling skills. He can shoot, plays D, and he's the type of guy like after watching some of his highlights, he can make those like funky shots in the paint, you know, like he, the step throughs and all that kind of like Curry-esque. I don't want to say he's just like Curry, but you know, those kind of shots. So, um, I mean, you know, the Raptors were high on this guy. Like they targeted him the whole way through. So I feel like, you know, it might be a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning, but he can definitely play that. And then, uh, if TD, if everything goes well with Terrence Davis, he can probably be another man off the bench. So, you know, we're still like relatively deep. If you think about it, if these guys plays the way, if these guys play the way we think they will, my my thing is like like when I play two K with the Raptors, right? <laughs> I always move Fred Van Vliet to the bench and I put Nolan yeah. Power in the starting lineup. Cause yeah, because I, I like that extra bit of wing shooting, like just corner three point spot up shooting yeah. that Norm can offer when Siakam and Lowry are on the floor. And then mm. for me, I you know when I put my bench lineup on, I want someone that can create his own shot, can, that can run the offense. Fred Van Vliet can definitely do that. Yeah. I just get nervous thinking about that bench lineup when Larry's off the court. Yeah. If Larry and Van Vliet are both off the court at the same time, who's pushing the pace? Who's who's settling things down when things get a little too wild? They don't really have anyone to control the tempo. 
when they're off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that makes me nervous about having a rookie late first round pick with that much but, of a load. Um, yeah. But I think once if you stagger the minutes and I, I usually you know Larry and Van Vliet are on the court at some point or another. It's very rare to see them both off the court at the same time. But it, it's it's a lot of pressure for a rookie, and I I just hope he can kind of smooth smooth into that role. And, uh, like, people are forgetting, bro. Lowry, at the end of the day, he's 35 years old, man. And he takes all those charges. The way he played against Boston, it's going to take a toll on him. we got to start slowly restricting those minutes to save him for the playoffs because I don't want to see him getting hurt or anything like that. So, and at the end, I feel like our third best ball handle will probably be, what, Siakam? Is that crazy to say? I don't know. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Like, Norm is not that guy. Uh, unfortunately, Norm's ball handling is really subpar he's good at kind of straight line drives to the rim but he's not a playmaker at all that's not something you can ask for him especially not trying to run a bench unit yeah but that no that's definitely like a hole we gotta fill for sure so i think that's the biggest question mark for this team is is what happens if larry does need to be rested he does he, he picks up an injury it's it's a big hole in that team i think that point guard spot they, we're we're very guard heavy but we're very wing heavy we have a lot of shooting guards we have a lot of those wing players but we don't really have true ball handlers mm-hmm. i'm hoping there's a pickup maybe a veteran player that we can bring in I, I, can't, I can't think of any names off the top of my head but that that's a need that needs to be filled mm-hmm. but let me ask you something what do you think should be siakam's next step for improvement it's, like where do you think it's his decision making. I think talent-wise, he's he has it. He has a very serviceable jump shot. We saw him hitting those mid-range shots off those isos. He he has a decent amount of inside post moves where he can get a bucket for himself, and he's a great passer. We already know he's a great passer. His playmaking is phenomenal. Defense is phenomenal. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed between our championship year and last year was the attention that was on him. He just mm-hmm. didn't know how to deal with double teams. He didn't know how to deal with the pressure of having mm-hmm. the ball in his hands that much. It was the decision-making that was flawed. His turnovers went way up. It's And I think that will just come with experience. That will just come with the repetitions. I think mm-hmm. the more game time he gets, and he needs to understand that when the playoffs are a different animal, there is a responsibility on him now where they're going to give you the ball and you got to get us a bucket. He never had that responsibility in 2019. Because he was the guy that was getting kicked out to. He was the guy getting the leftovers, and he was great at that. But now he's got to take a step forward. And it, it, I'm not saying he needs to hit game winners. I'm just saying there's two minutes left in the game, and the Raptors are down six, and they really need a bucket to stay in there. Is Siakam the guy to get that bucket when they most need it? That's the step yeah. he needs to take. I mean, like, yeah, man. Like, you got to give the guy credit, though. Every year he's come... Uh, to the season and he's brought something different right like he's always improving and i feel like even though the bubble sucked he still he made the all-star game bro as a starter all right that's something to say that's That's impressive so yeah and he was all nba second team yeah you know his regular season was really good before the bubble i have no issues with his regular season yeah yeah but as a final thought just on the raptors in general though i don't know if you guys agree but i feel like part of me really worries what what happens to the the playmaking and just the structure of the team once the lobby leaves or gets old right like i every time lowry's on the court you can tell he's like running everything running the show right 
And once he's gone, what happens? Who's that guy? Is Van Vliet? Can, I don't think Van Vliet can be that guy that just, like, runs a team that way. I, I don't think it's even a long-term issue. Like, kind of what I touched upon earlier, it's, it's, I think that's an immediate concern because, yeah. as Arvin mentioned, Larry is getting old. He's going to need those rest games. He's going to need, he's going to pick up those little injuries as he has previously, right? And the issue now is, I think Fred Van Vliet can, for a starting lineup, I think he does a good enough job to run a team what happens to the bench unit right I, I, it's mm-hmm. definitely a long-term issue but it's 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 actually a very immediate issue they're going to be facing this upcoming season as well that, yeah. that's probably the most pressing need even though we are kind of thin on the big men as well yeah. i think i think a, a true experienced backup point guard might be needed a dj augustine would have been perfect for the raptors yes it as much as it hates to say <laughs> yeah Bring him back. Uh, bring him back, yeah. He, he actually yeah. would have been perfect. Just just n- doesn't cost a lot of money. I'm not asking mm-hmm. him to score 15, 20 points a game. Just a guy who can control the pace, push the offense, and hit some open shots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely a question moving into next year. I mean, he, he had one of the best seasons of his career. He did, I, honestly, yeah. I, I think it'd be asking too much for him to repeat that. I think we might see some natural regression there, and that's that's okay. Um. But it it does make me nervous. That's that's the aspect of the Raptors lineup right now that makes me the most nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think I would be... agree with you guys too. Like in terms of what I think about the overall team, exactly what we said. And mm-hmm. like we said, I feel like there's other teams that have gotten so much better. Yeah. And we haven't made moves that push us towards the top. It's more like lateral moves. We're yeah. kind of just we're like dope. You know, dope a rope. We're just. Seeing what happens, dodging the punches. We're not really going on the yeah. offensive. We're just like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's just lay low. We're just like winding back, you know? It's like yeah. we're going to strike, throw that punch during the free agency, hopefully. But right now yeah. we're just winding back, loading up. Uh, you just got to hope on just development on your players, right? Obviously, the culture of the team is you get better every year. You put in the work in the offseason. So I feel like we'll just make the improvements that we should make. My, Like I said, my only worry is the things you can't control, like Lowry, right? Is father time going to hit him? this year right he plays a, such a physical game it's hard I to know. it's so crazy to me how he's still playing just as as good as he does like as best as like last year was his best like uh like points per game in a while right like points per game rebounds assists he just looked like prime lowry right so that's the one thing that's up in the air but uh yeah we'll uh wrap it up here um thanks for listening everybody if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that at 3 Men Zone and Twitter as well. And yeah, we'll be back next week. What are we guys going to talk about next week? It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give a little sneak peek of uh, what we think are going to be the standings going into the 2020-2021 NBA playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We'll have a good debate going there. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace, guys. Bye.